0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet. It's time
1: to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones DDS. We're part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Andrew Allegretta. We're doing a show after Vanderbilt's Thursday night win over Missouri. One thing I wanted to hit today was the Carter-Holton situation, so you'll hear Andrew speak about that. Andrew appears on the Guest Line. That's presented by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, call Taylor or Russell at 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Now on to our interview with Andrew. Andrew Allegretta joins us today. He is coming to us live from Columbia, Missouri, where the weather is nicer there than it is here. That's an unexpected twist this time of year. But in any case, uh, one of the few places where it looks like they might actually play three games of baseball this weekend. Andrew, thanks for joining us. It was an interesting night of baseball for the Commodores in a couple of ways.
0: Yeah, in several ways. Um How about winning the ball game on a relay from center field to third? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, That one definitely gets filed under. I've not seen that maybe ever. Not that it's incapable of happening, but uh, that's not something I've seen, I think, in calling games. So, yeah, very unique.
1: Yeah, nor do you usually see a catcher make the last out at third uh, in a game. But that happened, um, and hats off last night to Enrique Bradfield for um being a heads up on that play, I guess, is a good way to say it. It, it didn't hurt that it took a, a nice bounce his way, but yeah, that's not a way you expect to see the game end. Let's talk about the way it started, though, because I know a lot of the talk coming out of last night was about Carter Holton and his health. And I've got to be careful in what I say. I got some stuff in confidence, and I'm trying to think of the best way to to express it without betraying a confidence and, and without setting off alarm bells. But the, the choice of words, and I did press in on these a little bit, lends me to think it is more load management than it is an actual injury that is being monitored. Maybe you want to put it a certain way, but... Soreness was the term that was used, I think, rather than use a choice of other words, it might have given some other connotations. Um, anyway, that w- what was explained to me privately, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, because you know how these things can go, and you know how people like to mince words, but I think what we both believe and we talked about this before the show, is it? it's more of a load management issue than it is a smoking gun of an injury. Maybe you can say it better than I did.
0: Who knows? We'll find out. Um, I think let's start with the basic. Carter's fine. He's not injured. He's not hurt. Um, In the pregame interview with me, Coach Corbin did use the word soreness, right? So I understand why that word gets out there. Um, and I'm not attempting to put words in the coach's mouth by any stretch, but I think both you and I have an understanding on how words can be perceived, like not to get professorial, but connotations versus denotations of words. And I understand how soreness can go from, hey, man, I stubbed my toe and my toe's a little sore to, oh, goodness, he's sore. He's hurt. Those are two separate things. And Carter is, is not the latter. Um, my interpretation talking with coach, um, both at the hotel and both in our pregame conversation and just being around the program is again, not to change words for anybody, but to me, everything that I receive is more of a fatigue slash load management situation, right? It's, yeah. Um, it's a short week. So he's got one last day of rest. You could, in theory, I suppose, bump Carter to today, but then all of a sudden you've got issues with Hunter and Devin and reworking all of their stuff. So if you've got a kid that's feeling a little fatigued with his arm at the moment, not 100%, perhaps 95 but not 100 then let's give him a rest. And Vanderbilt did this a year ago with Carter, he missed the LSU series and then came back and threw game one for Vanderbilt at the SEC tournament. They did it, if I'm not mistaken, two years ago with Jack Whiter. and I think someone yep. told me they did it a couple of years before that with Kamar. So this is not an unusual situation, and I think the blanket statement to start with, not trying to hide, not trying to dodge anything, um, and and coach would say the same thing. Like I asked him about it at the hotel yesterday. Like, what do you want me? To say about this. He goes, we're not trying to hide anything. He's a little bit sore. It's a short week. We're just going to give him some rest. He was not trying to dodge anything. Um, so he's not hurt. He's not injured. I don't think there's cause for concern. I think there's a kid that's at the moment experiencing a little bit of fatigue and you talk about trying to win the battle versus the war. There's no sense in trying to win the battle if you can't win the war. And that's both Carter's long-term health, and that's Vanderbilt's season. So, give him the rest.
1: Yeah, and I'm pretty well sourced on this whole thing. Again, there's there's a lot I just need to keep to myself. I would expect him not to pitch against South Carolina, and when that happens, I I don't think people should freak out about it. I I just think that is part of the precautionary plan, for lack of a better way to put it. But look, at at this point, Andrew – they're ten and zero in the SEC. It's it's going to take a miracle for them to not make the NCAA tournament. They're in fantastic position to host. Now, look, uh, it it shortens your your rotation, and that's six or seven innings. You've got to find that you that you didn't have to find before because Carter Holton had those covered pretty well. And I think next weekend that could really come into play with a red hot South Carolina team, which just bludgeoned LSU last night, but. <laughs> look, this this team is playing for big things down the road and when you're in that position, you want Carter Holton around for those things and you don't want to take a lot of chances.
0: Yes. And I, I think what I would add, first off, I have no earthly idea about South Carolina. I've not asked any about it, so I have no idea. If it comes to pass, then it comes to pass. I don't know. Um, again, it's it's twofold. Just talking with some folks within the program and just getting an understanding of their philosophical approach on things, one, like you're talking about, they're playing for big things. So that's, that's the war, not the battle. So they're, they're gaming for the war. And they did again, do that with Jack. And they, I believe did that with Kumar. You can correct me on that one if I'm mistaken, but they've gamed long-term because they understand that. And the second piece of it is not to be totally self-focused. But protecting the player, like understand what's on the line for guys like Kamar, Jack, and yes, Carter Holton, who certainly projects as a first round draft pick a season. Um, You're mindful and cognizant of what's in the best interest of those guys long-term too, because that's also in the best interest of your program. You can take your health management protocols to a future recruits, to a future transfer, to a, mom to a dad to an advisor and say yes we've developed great pitchers it's partly because of our philosophy in this program it's also because of the way that we manage a player's health over the long term that's sellable to recruits and transfers you know the example that was given to me and this is not to say that oregon state was in the wrong at all everybody's different situations are different One person can't handle X, another person can handle Y, and everybody's copacetic. But Oregon State brought Cooper Jerby back in Game 7 of that regional after pitching on Friday. And I think he pitched at least the last two innings versus us. I know he got Matthew Pope to strike out to end our season. And, And he was lethal versus us. So bless them for doing that. Bandy could have done that with Carter and elected not to do that for the betterment of Carter's future. Right. It's just not worth it as much as we desire to win the national championship every single time we step foot on the field. At a certain point, you've got to be cognizant and mindful and responsible with the future of the young men that you're shepherding. And this program is very, very mindful of that, very precautionary of that. So it's a philosophical approach. Um, And what that translates into for Carter, I don't know necessarily. But I think when you have these moments, as we've seen the past couple of years, I think it needs to be interpreted from that 30,000-foot perspective, that this is something that they've done in the past, they will continue to do. They are a program that wants to win a lot of ball games, win national championships, perform at an elite level, and be good stewards of the future of these young men. So they do things with that philosophical approach, and I think that's the lens as best that I can tell, uh, that a lot of this information should be received with. So it's not like, what's the definition of soreness versus fatigue versus load management, and more of a, here's how this program approaches moments like this.
1: This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast has been made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. Just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. What people love about Jody's office is the ambiance. It's relaxing. It's friendly. Go see Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of this podcast because without it, this season would not be possible. Okay, let's hop into Thursday night's game quickly. Um, wasn't the quintessential Vanderbilt SEC performance so far? Vanderbilt nearly blows a lead, hangs on, wins 7-6. to six. Um, The hitting wasn't what it's been lately. The team struck out 10 times, which is more than it's striking out most of these days. Only had eight hits. <laughs> these <laughs> these are these are low water marks these days. But in the end, Vanderbilt ends up scoring seven runs, which is uh, enough by one run and, and wins the game. You, your thoughts on the offense, and I thought the Lunsford kid for Missouri, who's a freshman, was really, really good last night, too, by the way.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought he was great. So he was, if I'm not mistaken, the number six overall prospect coming out of Oklahoma. I understand Oklahoma is not a baseball uh, hotbed in the same way that say Texas and Florida and California are. But he was the number six prospect coming out of uh, Oklahoma. So he's he's darn good. Uh, his breaking ball was wicked yesterday. Uh, he had typically been a midweek guy, uh, but Missouri's dealt with some injuries, so uh, they cost him into the weekend rotation and Lunsford had a bunch of strikeouts versus us. He had nine versus Illinois previously. Uh, so he's, he's a darn good player. Um, I, I think, I still think they performed fairly well. I mean, Matthew Polk hits an absolute tank of a solo shot. Uh, the defense continues to be with that one exception. their First error, by the way, uh, do you know this Chris, uh, Vandy's first yeah. error since what game? Uh, um, mid podcast trivia for you, Chris.
1: Oh man, it, it, it had to it be was, one of the LSU games, right? Double
0: digit stretch. Close, very close. It was the Belmont game. So the winning okay. streak was twelve. The errorless streak was eleven. Um. So that little snafu with Austin on the pickoff move is your first error since then. Yeah, it was
1: on the pitcher, um, so it really doesn't I, I count, right?
0: That, yeah, it's, yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I think the defense continues to be exceptional. Um, I think. And certainly, expecting them to cakewalk through the SEC is, is, I mean, like it's fun while it lasts. Um, but there's going to be moments like this. I think, I think what I would extract from maybe the past couple of games is this team's, uh, not to get too cliche, but resiliency is is starting to show itself. It's Bryce Cunningham gives the grand slam to Connor Tate, uh, and then responds by retiring 11 of 13 batters to take it to the finish line of the offense, <clears throat> excuse me, has plenty of confidence to put up eight more runs or a situation in which, you know, unfortunately Thomas Schultz gives up a three run shot to make it seven to six. And there's enough confidence and stick to and resolve, um, out of Nick Maldonado to come into the ball game and shut it down. So, um, I, I would say the resiliency and the calm through some adversity is starting to show itself. So that, that I would extract as a positive because I, I really don't think they had been, you know, all to respect to Mississippi state and the way that oldness Miss is playing at the time. I, I don't know how much those teams really, really, really counterpunched Vanderbilt throughout the course of nine innings. And, and Georgia did a couple of times and Missouri did last night. So, withstanding a few of those counter-punches and getting back up and winning ballgames was necessary. And I think they've shown that the past week.
1: Wasn't the greatest pitching performance last night? I, I thought Cunningham responded pretty well after the home run, only gives up one more run. The, the strike zone was brutally tough last night just from TV. Um, I, I'm not saying it was bad. Um, if, if you miss the strike zone by an inch, then it's it's a ball but it looked to me like a lot of his pitches were close. He walked four in four and two-thirds. That's not common for him. Uh, Ginther came in. Ginther's also got pretty good control. He had a little bit of trouble walking two and two innings. Uh, Schultz just didn't pitch well at all. And, and then Nick Maldonado closed the door at the end as he's done all season. Uh, again, I kind of like the offense. wasn't the greatest performance, but it was good enough.
0: No, I mean, like uh, – Chris Maldonado comes through with a really significant two-out hit, right, against a guy that has been giving them fit for the better part of a couple of minutes. That's, that's a really nice moment about a young hitter who's understanding the breaking for break like and, and handles it with enough confidence to get a single back up the middle. Uh, the strike zone was hard for me to tell from my position. Uh, I'm not bemoaning anything. Uh, I was just a little bit off-center. Um, so I really I couldn't tell great. It, it struck me that the the corners of the strike zone maybe got a little bit tight and then January someone the went up higher to give you the pitch up a little bit there was some breaking balls that landed high in the zone that I was like that's interesting um, but you know anyway i i, I walked i walked out if you're gonna i'll, I'll talk to the coach about it briefly today um, broadcast starts at five forty five here coach is about five fifty across the Metabol Sports Network from Learfield Chris um i, I would say i w- <laughs> i would say I would say the walks on the pitching staff and then the two base running mistakes, um, you know, you gotta be careful. Um, you get into a tight game with Tennessee or South Carolina and that, and that one mistake costs you a ball game. So, you know, I, th- those would be the two things I walked out of that ball game going, Oh, let's clean that one up. Okay.
1: All right, any parting thoughts? I know you guys will have the call on Good Friday and on Saturday. Tell folks where to find it. Anything else uh, of a housekeeping nature, maybe, that you want to get into that we didn't?
0: Uh, I would say the football spring game is going to be broadcasted. So uh, Kev's got the call. Kev and Norm have the call. Uh, we'll broadcast that. Your normal football location, 93 3, in terms of the radio affiliate, as well as the Vanderbilt Athletics app. Uh, I'll, you know, I'm not, <clears throat> I, want high-quality radio affiliates. Uh, and I care deeply about that, but also we will always continue to remember uh, that the Vanderbilt Athletics app is always a good way to track that down. Uh, obviously, our broadcasts are free there. There's a little live audio button at the bottom when you open up the app, like that homepage, that main screen. There's a live audio button there. So, you know, if you're doing stuff around the house and want to pair us on the Bluetooth speaker or listen to the game or you're out running errands or whatever it is, Perhaps you're outside of the reach of 93.3 or 95.9, um, 5.60 as well. Uh, that's always a good way to do it. So, yeah, uh, Kevin, Norm, has to call up the spring game at 5 o'clock tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I, I can testify to the app. I listened to it glitch-free last night while I was taking Oreo for a walk. Uh, so we enjoyed that. I appreciate all you do. And uh, it, it came in loud and clear on my phone. So good well, way for people to um, get it.
0: There you go. Appreciate it. No, happy to, uh, happy to jump on whenever Chris and, and split the dictionary definition of words.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we do here. Well, uh, mm-hmm. happy Easter to you and your family. Hope that it is a, a safe trip home and you, you get to spend some time with your little one. I know those times are precious, but uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we don't usually do these on Friday, but I thought with the Holton situation, Um, and just really wanting to get in one more baseball podcast and not having had you on uh, the last week or two. It It was nice to be able to do that. So thank you for joining us. Of course, man, as always.